Welcome to episode number 81 of the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, where Christina and I talk all about how you can drink alcohol and still lose body fat. This is a great episode to really sit down and analyze why it is maybe you're stuck in your results or why you maybe haven't pulled the trigger on taking action on your fitness goals because summer and fun activities and alcohol is standing in the way. So we're going to break all that down, debunk a lot of myths and teach you exactly how to do this from A to Z. So sit back and enjoy the episode. As always, if you like the podcast and you want to support it, all we ask is that you share this episode with a friend, family member, or coworker who would benefit from it. One share can go a really long way and supports our mission to help as many people as possible to live a healthier, sustainable lifestyle. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode number 81, How to Drink Alcohol and Still Lose Weight. and welcome back to another episode of the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lynn, and I'm here with my co-host, Marissa Roy. And in today's episode, we're going to chat all about alcohol. Yep. And I think it's good timing for this, um, just for myself, because we have a potentially alcohol-ridden weekend ahead. But just with the time of the year, we just passed Memorial Day weekend. Um, and, you know, that's a big drinking holiday for many, uh, which is barbecues and everything. But, you know, summertime is a lot of time out in the sun, drinking with friends, all of that. And so I think the theme of at least like a lot of stuff I've been saying on social media lately, if you follow me, is how like a lot of people kind of put off their goals for the summer because they just think they can't achieve them. Did you see that post by um, Casey Joe? Yes. It was so good. But basically it said a lot of people are like, I want to start being healthy, but I'll wait until after summer because they think that it's not possible to make changes during the summertime and still enjoy your life. And so we're going to debunk that and we're going to show you today how you can drink alcohol. And if your goal is to lose weight or fat, you can still do that or build muscle or whatever it is you think alcohol is holding you back from. Yeah. Which I think is a good topic because I just came back from lunch at a winery and had a glass of wine. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I'm in a fat loss phase, it, you know, sort of, I mean, not a, not a true fat loss phase, but my goal is to lose weight still postpartum. Um, but I'm not restricting alcohol. So I think it's, I mean, kind of a good topic to chat about today. Yeah. So yeah, I think basically the first thing that we want to debunk here is just, um, what really is going on with alcohol, um, that maybe gives it a bad rep or, um, what are the facts about alcohol? So, um, I think a lot of people, just kind of slap a label on it as if I want to be fit, then I can't drink. And there's this stigma that it's just like, that's just the way it is. And if you want to lose weight or you want to do this, you just have to stop drinking. And it prevents a lot of people from starting to work on their goals. And it's really sad because obviously like that is really, really important, um, to work into your diet if it's something you enjoy. So, um, so I think the first thing is to just kind of maybe go into, the whole science of alcohol, what it actually is, what it does with your body. 
would you say that's probably the next logical step? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was going to take it to, from like, it's the same thing when we talk about, you know, Oh, I'm going to start a diet. So people are like, Oh, I'm going to cut out sugar and alcohol. And, you know, it leads to craving those foods or those beverages more and more. And eventually you just kind of say, well, fuck it. I can't do it anymore. Like, I don't want to diet because this sucks. So I feel like that's where a lot of people kind of miss the mark or, and they have this all or nothing mentality when it comes to quote unquote, good food or bad food. And then the same thing with alcohol that either like, I can't have it at all, or like, I'm just not going to diet because I want to drink. Um, so that's kind of where my mind goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just kind of like how alcohol functions in the body. Cause I think that's important context to know to like really get into everything else we're going to talk about today, um, would be, so alcohol is technically not a macronutrient, uh, not a, one of the main macronutrients, sorry. It is the fourth macronutrient actually, but nobody really talks about it as such. Um, they just talk about it as alcohol. And a lot of people, I think, think alcohol are, is carbs um, <laughs> because of how it's often marketed, but mm-hmm. it's actually a separate macronutrient. Um, from what I've heard, and like, don't quote me on this, but from what I've heard, it behaves in such a way that almost is like a hybrid between a carb and a fat like molecule in digestion, but um, it's also a toxin, right? And so um, alcohol is its own separate macronutrient. It's seven calories per gram. Uh, So it is a little bit denser, right? It's a little bit more than carbs or protein that are four calories per gram, but not so much as fat. Um, But it is also a toxin, meaning that when it goes into your body, your body's immediately going to turn to Uh, digest alcohol before anything else mode. And we'll talk about the implications of that, why that's important, but, um, it, your body basically just tries to digest it and get rid of it first, even if there's other stuff in your system. So, um, that's kind of what it is, how it breaks down. And then we can probably get into how that creates more myths around alcohol and reaching your goals. (laughs) Yeah. So you, I feel like oftentimes the term that you hear with alcohol is like, it's empty calories. Um, so I think that's another good thing to kind of talk about and why that is. So, you know, if someone is in a fat loss phase and again, this is not a great example, but just for the purposes of this podcast, if someone is, is only intaking hundred grams of carbs and that is their allowance for the day. And if they decide to have two or three drinks, that could be, you know, half to almost like a majority portion of their carbs, if that's how they want to track it for the entire day. And so that's kind of where the term empty calories comes from, because there's also like nothing nutrient dense about alcohol. You don't get anything from it. Like Marissa was saying, it's a toxin. So you don't get any like vitamins, minerals, you don't get any, um, true quote unquote macros from like carbs, fats, or proteins. So it doesn't really do anything for you your system. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, there are health benefits to like what, like certain wines and like whiskeys and stuff, like a lot of like, I guess like wives tales will say like some of the healthiest people have that as a part of the regimen and all that. I think there's probably some truth to that just from a stress perspective, like alcohol loosens you up, like it, it yeah. stress, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, like, again, what they said is like, it's supposed to have like antioxidants, like red wine at least, but I've also seen some studies that recently have like kind of debunked that. 
So oh, they don't yeah. know if it's actually like the antioxidant or if there's some other positive effect from alcohol. But again, it's in a, in a very, like it's moderate, like a moderated amount. Oh, yeah. Like it's not like a like, four ounce glass of wine a night or like one, like two finger pour of, of like whiskey or bourbon yeah. every night or whatever, or a shot even. Um, yeah, no, I'm definitely not here to just be like, yes, drink alcohol every single day. But like, <laughs> um, I think, you know, there are benefits outside of like, if we, we don't want to just view it as like, okay, it's calories and it's nothing else and it has no right, value. Right. right. So right. ultimately it can relieve stress and tension in the body and in the mind. I wouldn't say it's the best coping mechanism, uh, but it's definitely like, that is uh, an effect of it. I'm, I'm definitely probably could use that more than I take advantage of it. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so basically uh, when we're talking about, I guess when I said how uh, alcohol is a toxin and it's digested first, um, just kind of how that leads into when people talk about losing fat or building muscle, how this creates misconceptions around alcohol kills your gains or you can't build muscle if you drink or you can't lose fat if you drink or whatever it is. Um, because basically if you think about it, um, one of the reasons that people who do drink a lot or drink regularly, or maybe engage in binge drinking behaviors, um, don't lose weight or maybe gain weight or have unfavorable body compositions for themselves is because, if you think about, you know, maybe you've eaten a full day's worth of food and your body's digesting it, but then if you have drinks on top of it, your body's going to sh shift to it's, it's alcohol burning mode. Like, I'm not going to touch this food. I'm not going to digest this food as much or, you know, break it down or burn the calories from it until I've gotten rid of this alcohol. Cause it's a poison. Like it's literally, I gotta get rid of it. That's your body's response. And so what that does is, you know, maybe you're out partying or you're out expending energy in whatever way you're expending energy with alcohol in your system, your energy is coming from that. And then what happens when that's done is the leftover food that hasn't been, you know, burned off or however you want to phrase it is excess, right? So you've been basically put into, in a lot of cases, a calorie surplus. And that is why oftentimes people say you can't lose fat if you drink. It's more so you're probably in an overall calorie surplus and you need to manage that. And usually that means moderating alcohol before food, not always like Christina's example, but um, we wouldn't say that's the smartest way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's the idea that like, it's so easy to drink your calories. Like it, it's so, so easy to just have two, three, you know, glasses of wine or whatever you happen to be drinking. And if you're drinking something, um, and we'll get into this, if you're drinking like a, uh, cranberry vodka, but with like full cranberry juice, like it's super easy to pound like hundreds of calories worth of drinks. And it doesn't feel like you're eating like hundreds yeah. of calories. So it's really, really easy to like over consume and to go way over into a calorie surplus. Yeah. It's not going to make you feel full really at all. So like um, the same way it would, if you were to have eaten those same amount of calories. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So th that's where it can be, you know, quote unquote dangerous. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to fear alcohol and write it off. Um, what were you going to say? Oh, the other thing I was going to say is when you are, uh, under the influence, it's also really easy to no longer have that filter into overeat. Let's say like if you have the munchies or whatever it is. So 
um, you are like, you have that factor on top of things too. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, I would say that's like the number one thing that hinders people in their goals is the decisions they make after yeah. drinking. Like it might not even be, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, um, I've had a lot of cases where maybe I've got like a petite female who's super lightweight. It only takes her like three or four shots to just get in her, her groove. Right. So she's out, she's having fun. She's hasn't had that much alcohol, right? Like that only might be 200, 300 total calories of whatever it is. Um, depending on how heavy those shots were poured, of course. But um, so maybe she's not over her calories, right? But what does put her over is the late night food runs to fast food or whatever it is, because it's the only thing that's open and you're craving, you have cravings, you're hungry, you're tired and willpower is super low for a number of reasons. One of those being being under the influence. So I would say that often sets people back with their goals way more than the alcohol itself in a lot of cases. Yeah. And if uh, most of you are in my generation, <laughs> you know that hangovers are way, 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 way worse nowadays. It's not like when you're in college where you could drink and then just like go to the gym and run errands and do homework and then do it again the night, like the next night <laughs> or that very night, like hangovers last like two or three days. So for some people, if you're going out and you're partying and you are under the influence and you feel the effects the next day, you are less likely to be active. You're less likely to eat healthy. You're probably going to skip the gym. And so if you're doing that, like every single weekend, like all of those effects really add up and think about how many like gym sessions you miss, miss out on. Um, so that's another factor as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Um, especially because like, uh, you know, when the next day, I, I think it's really common that a lot of times people will try to soak up the alcohol with like greasy food, the next pancakes morning. and burgers or like hair, it was hair of the dog where you like start drinking again to like try to get rid of how shitty you're feeling. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So there are a lot of like behavior, uh, I guess, I don't know, modifications or things that happen afterwards. Yeah, that definitely probably set people back even more. So all context considered, it's probably not just having the one beer that's setting you back and killing your gains. It's all the other stuff. So, um, so basically, um, do you want to start us off just uh, breaking down how we can drink and still lose weight and kind of how to track that? Yeah, I was going to add in one more thing, something that um, I remembered when you were here with us and we lifted in my garage or we lifted at the gym. I can't remember, but we did a leg oh, yeah. day yeah. and, um, you know, we had a beer afterwards and I can't, you probably only had one, maybe, maybe two, um, <laughs> but like if you work out and you have alcohol, um, it slows down the recovery process. And that can be another factor too, if you're not properly allowing yourself to recover from workouts because you're constantly drinking. So you want to start with tracking macros or do you want to start with not maybe non-tracking versions? Um, I mean, so we can talk maybe like non-tracking. So like if you are someone who doesn't track your macros, but is maybe just conscious and aware, and maybe you're kind of like intuitively eating, 
Um, obviously I think the first thing to do is just kind of like drink in moderation. And I feel like that's kind of a blanket statement and like, maybe what does that look like? But the other thing too, is to consider like your own behaviors. And I think that's really, really important because there are things that you might be able to do that may not like really help anyone else. But like, let's say you have 10 beers a week. And so if you wanted to make a change, like maybe have eight and then, you know, a couple of weeks later, maybe have six and then, you know, a couple of weeks later, maybe go to four and then two. And, and maybe that's really all you have, or like you're drinking instead of three nights, maybe only drink two nights and then you'd go down to maybe one. So just kind of being able to like reduce your intake. Um, and one of the things that I am currently doing, um, is I am like loosely tracking, um, and so sometimes I'll track and like, or other ways I'll just like be more, um, aware of like my protein intake since that's something I need to be conscious of. Um, and I think for me, cause I'm postpartum, like I was really excited to have the opportunity to drink again. So anytime I did, I would take it, even though I, I can't drink a whole lot cause I'm still breastfeeding. So it's not like I can turn up. Um, but I'd have like a small glass of wine, like, you know, or like a little bit of a beer, um, but I was like, you know what, now that I've kind of like gotten that kind of out of my system, I'm like, I'm going to go back to what I was doing before and just drink on the weekends. Like, and so I am going to reduce my intake from alcohol because instead of drinking, you know, five or six nights a week, I'm going to drink two or three. Um, so just like small little changes like that can, can add up and make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing is like, um, kind of looking at your behavior from a, from a bird's eye view and then being able to modify from that, because it can be really hard to say what your goal needs to be. If you, if you are just thinking about a lot of times, and I've noticed a lot of people, if you ask them, how is X, Y, and Z going your diet, um, moderating alcohol, whatever it is, your training life, People will literally think about the past 24, maybe 48 hours, and they'll answer based on that, not the overall, like, just bird's eye view. So unless they have been specifically trained to think that way. Um, and so if you ask someone, how is, you know, moderating your alcohol going, they're probably going to say to you, uh, well, pretty good. I only had two beers last night or, oh, pretty terrible. I had like 10 beers last night. But if we zoom out and we look at the whole week, did they have two beers the past seven nights and had 14 drinks total versus 10 beers last night and only 10 drinks total for the week? Like that's actually, guess which one's better, right? Um, in terms of trying to moderate it. So I think it's just a matter of being able to look at your context and finding a way to actually zoom out and have that analysis with yourself. Um, it could just literally be like a tally count of like how many drinks you have and a little note in your phone to just get some perspective. Right. And you can make it a game for yourself. Like maybe one week you write down every time you have a drink, um, you don't, you don't even have to write down what the drinks are, but just like drink one, drink two, drink three on, on Monday, whatever, total it up for the week and then play a game next week, try to go down by one or two. And the other thing I will say is in order to reach your goals, this is not a game to zero. This is a game to a number that you are A, making progress with and B, feel good about in terms of your behavior, your choices and your lifestyle. So the question that you need to ask yourself when you're thinking about moderating your alcohol intake is, what does your ideal 
intake and balance look like for you, right? It's going to be super different for every single person. So actually be able to think about what am I working towards? Because it's not zero for most people, like 99% of people, maybe 98% of people, it's not going to be zero. We might be working down to one or two or three or four drinks per week. And that's a huge improvement for a lot of people. So I think figure out what your target actually is, work backwards from there and almost make it a game with yourself. Um, And then the other thing you can do is just reducing the actual amount of calories that you're having within each drink. Um, So we've got a whole yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got a whole list of swaps here, but just something to keep in mind, what you're drinking makes a difference in terms of how many total calories you're consuming. Cause at the end of the day, that's, what's going to drive your weight loss or your weight gain is the total amount of calories. So you might be drinking one, you know, uh, let's say, let's say Jack and Coke. If you swap that to Jack and diet, you might be saving 200 calories worth of soda and still getting the same amount of alcohol and basically the same flavor. Maybe it's a little bit dampened, right? But um, those are things that you can do that will overall enhance, first and foremost, um, <laughs> hopefully your hangovers the next day because sugar plus alcohol is usually not a good mix. Oh, no. um, so if you eliminate that, your hangovers will be better. And then also uh, total calories, which is going to drive your actual fitness and body composition results more um, than even the alcohol alone, the total calories. Yeah. So I think I'm glad that you went in that direction because that's exactly what I was thinking, but same thing, kind of like when we're talking about moderating drinks. So maybe, maybe the first thing you do is not even reduce the amount that you're taking in, but just like a simple swap, like Marissa was saying, like going from regular soda, like diet or going from a regular juice to diet juice or like, you know, instead of full, uh, whatever you do, like some flavoring, whatever it might be, like that could be a super easy way. And like, you don't even have to reduce the amount that you're drinking, just make some super simple swaps and then kind of see what happens. But, um, yeah, I guess what we can go into, like, let's say like bare bones, right? Like what is, um, what you can drink and it has the least amount of anything in it. So, um, shots, shots are one of the easiest things that you can do. There's no fillers. There's nothing else. It's just the alcohol. And I believe tequila is the kind of quote unquote best, like for drinking, like, or for like calories. Yeah. Um, I don't know about for calories, but definitely for like hangovers and stuff. Um, I'm not sure about density, but there's actually somebody told Aaron and Aaron's been like latching onto this lately. So he'll like try to only have tequila when he goes out. But there was a guy that we met that said something about because of how tequila is sourced, it like either doesn't cause hangovers or I can't remember, but because it's like sourced from agave or something like that, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a specific type of tequila but anyways this guy only drank tequila and he just swore by the fact that he never got hangovers no matter how much he drank so that was cool <laughs> uh that has not been my experience with tequila but um but yeah I think that tequila or maybe like vodka is like yeah the best like typically clear liquors um are a little bit uh like quote-unquote like uh, more calorically friendly compared to um, like a Mai Tai or a Long Island or like a mixed drink. So just sticking with 
pure, I guess, alcohol. So like a glass of wine, um, a shot, and then also beer. So it's like not mixed with anything else. That's kind of like the bare bones. This is going to be the best option. So that, and then if you mix it with like anything diet, like you're not adding anything, any other calories to it. Yeah. Yeah. Usually a shot will be anywhere from like 60 to 80 calories, depending on how heavy the hand is. Um, but a couple ideas for you guys with that could be a vodka club soda. Um, personally, I add extra, 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 extra lime and or lemon <laughs> when I do that, because I'm like trying to add some flavor to it. Um, you could do like we said, like whiskey and Coke zero or diet Coke. Um, you could do, if you really need it, uh, diet Red Bull and vodka. Um, that's a fun one if you're really trying to party. Um, and then seltzers, seltzers are huge, uh, because most of them now are about hundred calories, um, 90 to hundred calories each. And they have like a decent percentage of alcohol. Um, and one thing I will say about that as well as beers and like basically anything canned that is marketed, uh, they will put on the label like two carbs or zero carbs or whatever it is. Um, that does not mean that it's a zero calorie drink. Um, you'll notice that the calories on the drink will say hundred or however many, and then the carbs will be like two. So a lot of people, if they're tracking their food, they might like scan that and be like, Oh, sweet two. I could have a hundred of these and hit my carb goal. Right. Um, that's not the case. And we'll explain why in the tracking sort of section of this, but uh, just something to be wary of with things that are marketed of like low carb, zero carb, like it's the calories, um, they still count and that's, what's going to put you over. So don't go into the mindset of, Oh, seltzers are nothing. I can have as many as I want. Um, you still want to moderate it the same way you would moderate other types of alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I feel like there are just so many different mixers that you can do that are like kind of considered like the zero, zero cal or, um, so like there you make like skinny margarita mixes, skinny girl, they oh, actually yeah. have a, a line of things. Now I think so too. And it's really funny. So for Cinco de Mayo, my mom was here and she bought, um, two different kinds of margarita mix. She bought the traditional like skinny margarita. And then she bought like a strawberry margarita mix. And I had a sip of her strawberry one. And I was like, Oh my God, and I was so sugary and so I can't even do the full sugar ones I'm just so used to the the diet ones I like that they're kind of like muddled a little bit um but I was gonna say so I've seen this when I have back in my day when I'd go out to bars not anymore um but girls will bring like little mio um like containers and they'll do like you said like the vodka sodas or whatever and then uh just or like seltzer and just Yeah. Cause it's really little, right? Like it's just this little bit of flavoring that you get to add to your drinks. And if you're going to be drinking and going out, like, again, like we talk about how things just compound over time. So like, that's a super easy way to save calories and make your drink taste good. Oh my God. Cause yeah, that's something I suggest all the time is like, if you're drinking at home, get like crystal light packets and like make yeah. whatever drink you want to make with like those instead of like actual say lemonade or sweet tea. If you're doing mm-hmm. like Long Island um, and use the the zero cal, but that's the Mio is perfect because it fits in your purse and it's like literally they're in every single freaking flavor now. Um, yeah. That is so, yeah, that's awesome. I might have to and grab one for next, this upcoming. If weekend. you have those like little individual like crystal light, you're not having to like open it up and pour like the thing in and get powder all over the shake your purse. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like or you stir it up. So just like a little, like the little liquid flavorings and you just stick it right back in your purse. 
Um, That's so good. yeah, so I've, I've seen that. I've also seen people mix like BCAs. <laughs> um, so my husband will do that. He'll do BCAs and alcohol. Oh yeah. I've um, done that before. It's kind of yeah. like counteract each other, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So just some, some really easy things that you can do. And like, I feel like you, like, maybe you're like, oh yeah. Like I've seen these like Instagram infographics of like easy swaps, but like it really, really adds up over the long period. Like Marissa was saying, if you're able to zoom out and just make a super easy switch, like it, it's a possibility that you don't even have to reduce your alcohol intake. You just make this super switch and you find a new drink that works for you and you make progress. The super switch. Super easy switch, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I guess that's kind of my, or I guess our examples for like, if you're like intuitively um, tracking and those are just some super simple switches that you can make right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think a lot of that just just um, falls on behavior and like really making those behavioral changes um, and, and just everything we preach, right? Like it's not about going from a uh, hundred to zero, but it's about like actually taking the time to understand what your behavior looks like and then taking it one step at a time up the ladder from there then you'll get to where you want to be. Right. But you also need to know where you're going. So make sure you know where you're going, what your target is in terms of your ideal lifestyle, including alcohol. And then you have the full picture of how to get from point A to point B. Um, but if you are say doing a dedicated, um, macro tracking phase or, you know, utilizing numbers and data to drive your decisions, um, we can also teach you how to do that. Yeah. So like Marissa was saying, labels can be very, very misleading. And so we typically do not track alcohol with the seven like calories, seven grams. Um, what we tend to do is I guess for just super easy purposes, let's just say that again, the label says two grams of carbs, but the um, calories are hundred grams. So there are just really like a bunch of combinations that you can do to track your alcohol. But let's say you want to track just carbs because typically most people have the most uh, flexibility when it comes to that micronutrient. So if you take hundred and you divide it by four calories, you get 25 grams of carbs. So that's one single drink um, is 25 grams of carbs. And that's a really easy one to do. Or let's say you want to if you're maybe let's say keto and you have a lot of fat to play with, you could take hundred and you divide it by nine. And that comes out to 11.11 .11 grams of, um, of, uh, of fat that you can allocate towards, um, towards alcohol. Um, or you could do a combination you can say, well, I have a little bit, like maybe for whatever reason, you don't have a lot of carbs left, but you have some, and then you have more fat left or vice versa. You can do a combination. That's when it gets a little trickier. Um, and you have to do a lot of math, but typically people stick with, um, carbs or fats and it's super easy to do it that way. Yeah. And I do that one all the time when I am tracking and drinking, which, um, hasn't happened in a very long time, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, five and a half grams of fat and 12 and a half grams of carbs for quick reference. I always, I always use that one because I hate giving up big chunks of things. If I'm going to yeah. have two drinks, then I'll just do, you know, the total of half and half for both, which would be like one drink for fat, one drink for carbs. 
that makes me feel better about my choices than yeah. just not having carbs for the day. I feel, feel sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, um, that's a really just super simple way to, to track your alcohol. So, um, and then the other thing that gets kind of tricky, and I think this happens for most people is like, let's say you're not drinking from a can, like, let's say you're not drinking a seltzer, um, you know, how do you do that? So, you know, let's say you have, you're having a glass of wine. So, um, if you go into my fitness pal and you type in like cab or, you know, whatever it is, Merlot, and sometimes it'll do the same thing. It'll be like two grams of carbs and it'll be, but it'll be like 130, uh, calories. Um, so do the same thing, 130 divide by four, divide by nine, whatever it happened is combination of things. Um, but I feel like it's tricky when you're out at like a restaurant and you don't really know what they're putting into their drinks or like, how do you track that? So, um, maybe we can give some easy ways that you can order and kind of save some calories and like know how to track. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say like, that's hard because if you look up for example, like Long Island iced tea, you might get some answers, right? You might get some like, you know, it's 400 calories for 24 ounces or something. And maybe you could just use that, right? Maybe you could just divide that into your fats and carbs and just call it a day, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I would say like a lot of the simple swaps that we listed, they're usually always available at any restaurant with a bar. So like, don't be afraid to order off of whatever's on the drink menu. Like if they have a cocktail list, like you can still customize stuff as well as, um, like a lot of like typical drinks, like say an old fashioned, like a lot of places will still make that even if it's not on the menu. Uh, but what I'll also say is you can kind of look at the, the cocktail list and you can ask for specific things. Same way we would say, you know, you can ask for a meal cooked without oil. You can ask for uh, dressing on the side or sauce on the side with something. You can ask for no simple syrup in a drink. I've done that with mojitos before. Um, I would say uh, now that you brought it up, I have thought about this, but I've never implemented it. But basically the same idea with the Mio's they make little like stevia or sweeteners, unflavored sweeteners with that. So you could literally ask for say a mojito, no simple syrup, no sugar added, get that. It's going to be super bitter and just squirt that in like the liquid stevia stuff, like, and then sweeten it yourself. Like that would be amazing, right? You've added zero calories and it tastes exactly the same. So, um, maybe you can hack it that way, or if you don't mind it just being like a little bland, then you can have it without sugar, but uh, most drinks you can ask for that. And I know at most restaurants, you can ask for skinny margaritas and most places will have it. Yeah. Yeah. So I am such a mom, like I always have snacks in my purse <laughs> and I always have stevia packets. Cause when I go to Starbucks, I'll ask for a bunch. So I always have stevia packets with me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't feel like I drink out enough to do the Mio's. Um, but that would definitely be something if I was like back in my twenties and I was going out at bars, um, and not having a baby at home. And that's what I would do. But yeah. So I feel like the other thing you can do is kind of like what Marissa is saying. If you or order a long Island iced tea and you get an, into my fitness pal, it's the same thing that we talk about. If you go out to a restaurant and you order a burger and it's not on the menu, like you can overestimate and you can do something a little bit on the higher side, if you want to be cautious, or you can find something kind of like right in the middle, like well, I've seen some things that are 200 calories. I see some things that are 600 calories. So maybe I'll just settle and do four. 
Um, so that's just kind of like a easy rule of thumb. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it'll also depend on your goals too. Right. So if you're right. just trying to stay accountable for your drinking, maybe you're a little bit looser with those estimates and less, you know, over overzealous with overestimating. Um, or, you know, you could look at that the other way. And if you're dieting, maybe overestimate more, right. Cause it's better to be safe than sorry. And just kind of like cover your bases there. It might suck in the moment, but Hey, it'll be worth it when you get to your goal faster. So, yeah. um, kind of just context dependent as always as well. Yeah. And another thing, and I, I feel like this is taking it like maybe one step further, but let's say you are in a fat loss phase, um, and you have like a wedding coming up or something, and it's like a really big event and you want to be able to let loose and have fun. Like maybe it's like people that you haven't seen from college and, and instead of just being like, well, screw it. Like, I'm just going to like over drink or get the hammered and you know, whatever. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe kind of like work that into your macros. Um, so maybe that week you lower your carbs a little bit and you give yourself a little bit more wiggle room on the weekend. And so when you have that event, yeah, maybe like you go a little bit overboard, um, but you've also kind of built it into your week to give yourself, um, that extra like space and fun. Um, and should you do that every single weekend so you can binge drink? No, probably not. That's not what we're saying, but like, it's just kind of, I feel like most people will say like, I can't diet because I have like events, I have parties or I have a wedding to go to. Um, so therefore that one event is the reason they can't diet. So it's like, you can kind of work around it and still be able to maybe even just take a day off and then just get right back to it. Yeah. Another thing I'll say is you can also zoom out, um, on your weeks of the month, right? So you might have four or five weekends in a month and maybe your typical weekend is you drink a couple drinks, what does that add up to over the course of a month? Maybe that's eight, nine drinks, right? What if, if there's something that's really that important to you that you want to prioritize drinking a lot for whatever reason, <laughs> you can plan like, like macro scale of like, I'm going to only have one drink the other weekends so that I can add that extra drink that I'm not having onto that one day. And then by the end of the month, I'll have all these, like, kind of like a credit system, right? Like you almost yeah. like don't use your, your allotted thing so that that credit like rolls over and builds up and builds up. And then you can use it all at once at a later point. So like PTO or something. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully at the end of this episode, you're not like, oh, okay, Christina and Marissa taught me how to binge drink. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's not what we're encouraging um, at all. But he means, I mean, we spoke in the beginning about like all the negative effects of alcohol, but like alcohol is fun, right? Like at the end it's of the day, of life it's, yeah, it's, yeah. And it's like a part of uh, celebrations and like being able to en enjoy that with friends and family. So um, we're not encouraging binge drinking, but we're just saying like, if you have an event or you have a couple different events, like you don't have to lose sight of your bigger picture and your health and fitness goals because of those couple different things that you want to go to and enjoy and have fun at. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you want to add? No, I think we're about to set a record <laughs> for the shortest podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought we could do it in 30, but 38 is still pretty good. We're getting we there. We're getting there. Yeah. 
So guys, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. We hope you got something out of it and you feel like you can take away and make some changes for the summer. So if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can find both of us on Instagram. You can find me at Christy Lynn Fit. Marissa is at Marissa Roy Fitness. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have fun this summer and we hope to see you back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something from it. Please remember that Christina and I are not medical professionals, so if you're going to make any changes to your exercise or nutrition routines, please consult with your doctor or medical team first. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next Tuesday here at the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast.